Welcome to Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast, the podcast where two youth group leaders try to figure out how to do youth group better. My name is Chris Morphew. I'm an author, youth group leader, and school chaplain here in Sydney, Australia. And as always, joining me from Melbourne is author, speaker, and youth leader, Tom French. How are you doing, Tom? I am quite good. Thank That's you, That's quite good. Um, <laughs> I normally say well. Birthday. Happy birthday. Whose birthday is it? It's our birthday, Tom. It's the podcast's birthday. What? We're 22 today. 22? Yeah. Oh, it creeps up on you, doesn't it? Yeah, no longer. I think that's fully into adulthood now, you know? It is. It is. It's, the, uh, the 18th you can't even pretend or... to to not have your life together now. Once you're 22, just got to. Well, you can. Millennials are still playing that little violin all the way up into their mid to late 30s. So uh, Millennials are the worst, aren't they? I can't stand those guys. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, I have a, a game update before we get into the real stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so for the second week in a row last week, you'll recall we played Grocery or No Siree. I do remember um, that. And we did have someone write in to have a guess about when the groceries arrived and they were incorrect because the groceries did not arrive. Um, did they arrive at all or are you still waiting? Oh, no, they did, but they did not arrive in the... Uh, podcast window. So sorry, Mark North, um, but I'm going to give you another opportunity because a- as we speak, three, two, one, click. I have just uh, placed an order um, for one McDonald's hash brown that um, will hopefully be delivered within the podcast recording window. Um, and if you guess, the time that it arrives at my door, the prize is jackpotted again, Tom. Has it? It has. What's up to now? So it's up to uh, one of your books, one of my books, and a Who Am I and Why Do I Matter um, (laughs) cherry-scented air freshener. Um, For leaders who are, uh, listeners who are unfamiliar, uh, Who Am I and Why Do I Matter (laughs) is a book that I wrote and um, for reasons that escape me currently, <laughs> I thought it would be pretty funny to advertise it using car air fresheners. So if you'd like to have the opportunity to advertise my book using <laughs> your car dashboard or you have it dangling from your mirror, now is your opportunity. I'll even give yeah. you a clue, Tom, and listeners. It's saying estimated arrival in uh, 14 minutes. Ooh. But latest minutes. arrival half an hour after we finish recording. So there's okay. there's the window. See what happens. Um, I I would just like to say if you do want to enter this, enter it for the books and not the air freshener because the air freshener I had one and it was it was terrible. It was it was it was the worst smelling thing in a long time. The the <laughs> adverbs that people use to describe the smell are not flattering. They will say it smells aggressively of cherry or it smells pungently of cherry or it smells violently of cherry. Um, I, didn't, but it's, I, didn't, I would use all those adverbs, but I would remove the cherry from it. it Just aggressive, violent, and pungent. That was, a, that's, that was it. <laughs> anyway, um, Mark North, who entered... Who has been our one and only entry in two weeks of playing this game? I'm rooting for you to win this time. Um, 
Also, do you want to hear what else you said? Because he actually sent us like a, a real email. I think oh, he real was one. just piggybacking. So he said, uh, hey, yeah. gents, I didn't hear the knock, but got to throw a guess in there just in case. I'm going to say the groceries got delivered at 22 minutes, 10 seconds. Um, unfortunately, that was not the case. More importantly, thanks for what you guys share. I've picked up a couple of game ideas that would fit my context, and I'm looking forward to introducing with my group. I've also been encouraged hearing what God is doing through other youth ministries around the country. I'm in Tassie. As I'm sure you can appreciate, it's pretty easy to get stuck in your own way of doing something as a youth pastor and not realize there's so many other great ideas out there. Agreed, Mark. That like mm. That is the the biggest gift for me personally of doing this podcast is just having another person from outside of my own youth group to kick youth group ideas around with. So thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Um, And then Mark says, perhaps a question for a holiday special, but what do you guys do in terms of integrating those who come to youth into the broader life of the church, especially encouraging people into a Sunday church congregation God bless Mark North. And then he gives his mobile number. It is in the email, but I feel like I shouldn't I shouldn't read it out loud in a public setting. Yeah, fair fair enough. Um do we are we into uh, are we entering that now or are we waiting for our whole Well what do you think? Because I think that's special. like a big why well, I, I think it doesn't need to be a Christmas holiday special. I think he just means like because the school holidays are upon us. Oh right. Um so do we want to yeah. maybe save that for later or do we want to try and answer it now? Uh, let's, <laughs> let's answer it now. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. Yeah, seize yeah. the day. Um, so what do you do in terms of integrating youth group kids into the broader life of the church? Well, in my context, because we're a combined youth group, and uh, which, by the way, actually, I, I chatted to someone in Tassie about a combined youth group. Um, they were, they wanted to know about how to run a combined youth group, and uh, I think I listened to the podcast. Hello. Um, anyway, so, you know, Mark, I don't know what's going on for you. Look, Tassie people, just get together and have chat because it's great. Anyway, what was I talking about? <laughs> how, we, how, do we com- how do we do it in my combined youth group? So because we're a combined youth group, it's a bit harder to integrate young people into the life of the church through youth group because we don't have any one, one particular church. So one of the things that I try to do is connect with each of the churches and then encourage them to encourage each church to have leaders in our youth group who can make those connections so that they the youth leader they see on a su- Friday they'll also see on a Sunday at mm-hmm. church. Um, but some of the things that people are trying in the various churches are um, yeah giving uh, youth particular roles in church that are significant roles. So it's not just like, oh, you can come along and just, you know, we'll find you a job to do so you feel like you matter. But actually, like, there are youth who are playing um, significant roles within, like, the band in their church or on the tech team. Mm. So they're actually necessary people there. Um, Some of the churches do, like, sermon stuff where they, like, go out straight after the sermon they have like a discussion about what happened in the sermon so that young people are learning how to engage with the sermon um we one of the things also is that i want to encourage is that like the youth are doing things together from each church are doing things as churches rather than as a whole mm. youth group that's what that's some of the things that 
uh, that's not actually happened much yet, but that's things that we're working towards. Um, but it's pretty tough in my context because I'm a little bit further removed from ha- pulling any levers to integrate young people. So what do you do, Chris, as someone with uh, a bit more integration between your youth group and church? Yeah, um, you have just made me think we really should do a holiday special on doing a combined youth group because um, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but like I also have a sort of semi-combined youth group because we have um, most of the youth from another church who come along to our youth group as well. So we are kind of a, we're a youth group that is strongly represented by two churches rather than just one church. Um, I think, yeah, some of the things that you've already said, giving youth roles in the service, my pastor is keen to organize a regular youth Sunday where they basically do everything except preach the sermon, um, which Why not I preach will, the sermon too? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I would think carefully about that. Actually, can I say, having um, got a bunch of kids from my school presenting chapel at school, um, I can tell you that the amount of effort that it takes to get a children's uh, chapel talk from heresy to something that I would like <laughs> to present in front of 500 people is it's more work than just doing it myself. I can tell you that much. But <laughs> anyway, um, so there's that. I also think I'm always banging the drum about camps, but I think things like camp are really good for giving them another kind of experience with um, youth group people that's beyond just Friday night. And also, depending on who your leaders are on those camps, it can be really a great opportunity for them to get to know other people. We've also got our big um, kids holiday outreach that we do and a lot of our youth um, from Friday night to coming along to be junior leaders. And so I think it's all relational. And I think if there's an area that I would love to see my church grow in, it is some of those intergenerational relationships. Because I think currently the youth understandably just kind of mill around and hang out with each other on a Sunday morning after church, those of them that come along. But also the adults... I don't I think everyone just kind of sticks with their crew a lot. Like not not all the time, but I think everyone's got their friends that they naturally gravitate towards and I think part of what we try to do as a church family is like be a family and not just hang out with the people that are in our like immediate kind of friend circle or demographic. And I think for whatever reason I think a lot of adults find it more kind of challenging or intimidating to try and strike up a conversation with a teenager than with somebody else. And so, yeah, I don't know what we do about that, but I think um, kind of identifying, hey, this is a thing that we should be working on is probably the first step. So, um, yeah, I I see that more as a like a growth area for our church rather than a um, here's a thing that we're doing that we've already Mm -hmm. got nailed down. Um, And I think one thing that is just starting to become more of a like incoming concern just because of the age of our youth is obviously they get to the point where they are finishing up high school and finishing up 
kind of being youth group age. And that feels like a logical transition point. And so that I think is what I really need to start thinking about is like all those kids who are in year 11 currently, Mm. what are we doing to bridge them into something other than youth group so that they don't just like finish high school and disappear? Um, So more questions than answers at this point, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, Listeners, if you have anything that's working amazingly for you, I would love to hear about it. Um, if you want to flick us an email at Chris and Tom's youth group podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, let us know. Cause it seems like we're both neither is it seems has it fully nailed. If no. that is a thing that is possible to do. So <laughs> share your expertise. We're just two guys figuring it out. Mm. Speaking of expertise, can we yes. uh, talk about what's coming up? Not, like on the podcast next week mm-hmm. because well I'm not going to be here Tom you're not going to be here it's it's uh holidays you're running your big K K kids, Central it's K happening. Central yeah it's a big kids week week long event holiday yeah. event and eight o'clock till six like o'clock every day <laughs> Anyways, why not. So you're going to be doing that, which means we would not have Chris on the podcast. We're like, well, we've got a guest lined up to interview in two weeks. But for this coming week, we're like, well, we could have a week off or we could see if any of our listeners who are running a youth group want to be interviewed on the podcast. So if you want to be on this podcast and be interviewed, we're crowdsourcing a guest. You can be interviewed by me. Chris will not be around, so that might be disappointing for you. But uh if I don't you know want how to, to run that. the thing anyway. We'd <laughs> just be true. having a conversation over Zoom and nothing would get recorded. Yeah. But I mean, that'd that's be less nice. of a podcast and yeah. more of a conversation. Yeah. So if you're free on uh, Monday, the 3rd of July in the <laughs> afternoon, or Tuesday, the 4th of July in the afternoon, if you're not doing too many Independence Day celebrations, then uh, send us an email at Chris and Tom. Chris and Tom's youth group podcast at gmail.com and say, I'd be interviewed. Yeah. But you've got to actually run a youth group. You can't just be some random listener. I mean, it's nice. It'd be nice to chat to you, but we want to chat about what's actually happening at your youth group. Uh, if you don't, if you don't hear from us next week, it's because no one emailed in. Should we, should we talk about youth group? Yeah. I have another email um, from Heidi, but I think let's talk about youth group because her question is great, but it deserves a bit of time. Okay. To kind of think through. So let's see um, how we go talking about youth group and either do it at the end or kick it down the road for a couple of weeks because it could be a whole episode, I think. Um, Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, do you like the part where we just decide what we're going to do as we do it, listeners? Because <laughs> to me, that's always been one of my favorite parts of this podcast. Um, some people zero, have edited Zero prep. Podcast. We don't. Um, <laughs> all right, Tom. What would you? What did you do at youth group? Well, it was the last sex week, Chris. Mm-hmm. As you remember, we uh, do. had uh, it was dinner. We had dinner together, and then that was nice. Uh, it was chicken and rolls, and then we had uh, our small groups kind of split off. We had our older small group who went out into the car park, had a fire pit and some uh, marshmallows and talked about 
sex and relationships, and I was not part of that, so I can't debrief that much, but it sounds like it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then me and another leader, we hung around inside and uh, made the younger group jealous. They couldn't go outside and have the fire pit, but they, with the group that I had was year six to year eight, and we kind of ran a bunch of kind of things where we gave the youth opportunities to share their opinion on uh, sex and relationships. We really kind of wanted to make sure we just spent a lot of time listening to them. Mm. And so we had, we kind of wrote some things on butcher's paper where we had like God is, sex is, relationship or romance is, or dating is, dating is. And a few of those things, they had to kind of finish the sentence by writing on, on those butcher's paper, like the end, yeah, what they thought of God, sex, porn. Porn was another one up there. Uh, and then we did a thing where I got them to stand in different parts of the room, depending on how they felt about different statements that I read out. And, you know, pretty basic things, stand at this end if you agree, this end if you disagree, mm-hmm. on questions like, um, you know, we don't talk about sex in church enough. Oh, my friends don't talk about sex enough. Actually, I found out I said that and that was a little bit confusing because there was a double negative and they're like, do I disagree that we don't talk about sex enough? So I had to just a quick, you know, tip for you. you always do it in the affirmative and it's less confusing. Yeah. Uh, I learned that on the fly. Um, yeah, so we did a bunch of those things. And what was really interesting to me is that um, we – some of the like more traditional Christian teachings about sex uh, were not that most of the youth didn't agree with them. Um, there was one particular one where all the youth were, were down the disagree end. It was a pretty basic uh, Christian teaching. And then there was one youth all by himself up at the agree end, mm. which like, like just the fact that he was willing to do that was like really encouraging for me, like whatever it was, whether I believed what he agreed with or didn't agree with, believe what he agreed with, just the fact that he was willing to go out on a limb by himself, yeah. be the one kid in the room who, uh, sorry, the one youth in the room who disagreed with everyone else uh, mm. was really brave and impressive. So I was really happy with that. Um, but for instance, one particular um Teaching, which you know, a lot of Christians, where, wherever you stand on many different points of the liberal conservative divide, people would generally agree that traditional Christian teaching is that uh, sex should be saved for marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the youth group, most of the youth were either down the disagree or the unsure, but towards the disagree end. Mm. There are a few around the agree end. Um, but this all kind of highlighted for me that um, one that we're at this point in time where even the youth who are going to church and are growing up in Christian families uh, are not always hearing this the teaching the Christian teaching about sex and relationships that we would expect them to, um, or what they're hearing from school or from other places is so strong that it kind of drowns out the the teaching that they're hearing elsewhere. So there was one uh, youth who said, uh, she said, my parents believe one thing. I believe something else because I go to a public school. So you know what I think. And the fact that she said, 
you know, because I go to this place, I'm going mm. to believe something different from my parents was really kind of interesting. Um, it was fodder for everyone who says that you should never send your kids to a public school, but I would myself disagree that, you know, public schools can do some great stuff. No offense uh, to our private school chaplain in the room. None taken. <laughs> um, so that stood out to me. And the other thing that stood out to me was that, um, yeah, that, that there's this coming time that, uh, which I've been thinking about, um, is that there's going to be a point where what I believe about sex and relationships and what I believe the Bible teaches about sex and relationships is not going to be the majority view for young people um, and particularly for young people who are on their way up into leadership in youth group. And so some of these youth are like four to five years away from being leaders at youth group if we were to invite mm. them to be leaders. And either I can insist that everyone has to agree with me on um, on what I think and what I believe is the Bible teaches about sex and relationships, or I'm going to have to say, well, we've got some room for room there for us to disagree and for you to still be in leadership. And then there's a question of about not just about what you believe, but what that works out in action. Mm. And and I haven't got to the point where I figured out what to do with that, but I know that that's coming along and I've got to kind of figure out what are we going to do? How do we respond? The, the other thing that I kind of drew out of it is that we need to be teaching about sex and relationships in youth group more, even though when I asked that question, everyone pretty much said they didn't think we should teach about it more than what we're already doing in youth group. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that means that, like, we've we've kind of deliberately stayed away from it except when we talk about it on, like, the sex nights. We thought we want to do it really well when we're going to do it. But from that, I think actually um, I need to change the way we do things so that it comes up a lot more often mm. and, and not necessarily that we're teaching, um, like, like big every every week we're like well let me tell you that you shouldn't have sex until you're married like mm. that's not the way we're going to do things but that we might use it as some application like you as if you're a christian then you might believe say that sex should be saved until marriage and if that's you if you believe that um then you might stand out amongst your friends and this is going to believe mm. things like that so that so that it becomes one of the here are some standard things that you might believe if you're a christian we're not forcing them to believe anything we're not saying if you're a christian you have to believe this mm. but it might be a thing that you believe and so it becomes an option and they and they can start going oh if i'm a christian do i believe this and if i don't believe this why don't i believe it um the important i we think kind of, those sorry, yeah. conversations are actually really helpful and that i think is that kind of language strikes me as being um having the possibility to get around a lot of the like log jams that we find ourselves in where you've got people kind of going, well, Christians believe this and other people saying, well, yeah, I'm a, I would identify as a Christian, but I don't believe that. And it becomes more about like opinion almost, or like defending the bounds of like, it becomes about that, like the question of like who gets to say what a Christian is. Who gets mm. to gatekeep what orthodoxy is? And I think actually a far more helpful thing to do is to kind of keep leading one another back to scripture and saying like, well, what does the Bible actually teach here? Yeah. And are we going to be um, under the authority of what God has laid out for us or not? And that like there's not, it's not all simple answers there because people with a range of views are 
opening up the same Bible and coming to those views. But um, I think, yeah, the more we can make it an actual conversation, while not shying away from saying, well, look, the traditional teaching for the last 2,000 years has been this. And so if you want to say, actually, we've been getting it wrong for the last 2,000 years, you know, let's figure it. Like, I'm not saying that's impossible, but like, we've got to go, okay, why are we so sure that, like, what have we uncovered that is new information that those people mm-hmm. didn't have? Yeah. Um, and there may be, you know, in certain situations that may be fair and valid, but um, I think it's a a dangerous thing to be like, well, it, like most Christians through most of history have believed this, but my vibe is more this. And so, like, <laughs> yeah. I think the, all that to say, I think that um, having, creating space to actually have open dialogue about it in a way that people feel like they're not going to be shut down for airing a view that is a dissenting view or even just a different view. Yeah. I think that is much more likely to lead us down a path of uh, actually progressing the conversation than just saying, well, here's the historic Christian view, take it or leave it, <laughs> or even like take it or get out. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where we ended up uh, on the night. So we, after we did the what's your opinion on these things, I got them to go away and read a few passages from the Bible about which impact on sex and relationships. Um, you know, a lot of like the, the classic ones like, you know, in Genesis uh, where, you know, God creates men, men and women, some of the stuff about sexual morality in um, 1 Corinthians or marriage in Ephesians chapter 5. And then we came back together and we just had a, discussion about you know what stood out to you what were the things that were surprising or that you think impacted on some of the stuff that we were discussing before and we kind of ended on the the point that some of the things that people said that they believed in when we stood in different parts of the room clash with some of the stuff we read in the bible and what the bible seems to be teaching Mm. so if that's the case uh, if we come up come to a point where what we believe and what the bible seems to be teaching disagree with each other, and then we have to decide what we're going to do with that. Are mm. we going to be people who uh, decide that we're going to change to fit in with what we think the Bible is teaching? Are we going to look into it and see whether we think the Bible is wrong or whether we've been reading the Bible wrong? Um, are we going to believe that the Bible is God's Word or it's just made up by humans? That there's a that I, I kind of pushed them on the idea that we've mm. got to figure out what the authority of the Bible is in your life and if it is authoritative, then how are you going to respond to it? Um, and there could be a number of different ways. I didn't say you have to do this or do that, but you've got yeah. to actually spend time thinking about it and let that be the be what helps you when you make these decisions and you decide what to do. So it was really kind of fascinating week and hopefully not only was helpful for the young people, but was helpful for me and impacts the mm. way that we do ministry going forward, particularly around um, issues of sex and relationships. Man, um, what a helpful way to have the conversation, to frame the conversation, because to get them um, kind of organically to the point of, huh, the thing that I believe seems to be in conflict with what the Bible says, how am I going to reconcile those two different things? 
and there are different ways to do it, but I think that to me is, um, yeah, like a big part of my approach to all of this stuff is to treat uh, these things as secondary. Like everything is secondary to coming to know Jesus, mm. you know, um, because Jesus didn't come to first and foremost offer us a code of ethics. He came to offer us himself. And, and, um, and you know, I believe that, that the good is defined by God's goodness. And mm. so unless you're convinced that God is good and that Jesus is God and that he is, you know, unless you have accepted him as your rescuer and your king and, and all of that, then a lot of those other downstream conversations are never going to make sense. But I guess what I've always kind of grappled with is, you know, I always I kind of say, well, once we like, once you become a Christian, then we can talk about that stuff. But then the next question is like, okay, but how do you do that? And I think there are um, probably gaps in our in what we're teaching our youth potentially. And I don't know whether this is our as in my youth group or our more broadly, um, but just kind of not just in terms of like a biblical view of sexuality, but just in terms of like um, what is our, what do we believe about the Bible? What is the authority of scripture over our lives? What is the authority of God over our lives? Mm -hmm. And what does it look like to, in a culture that says the point of life is self-actualization to actually submit yourself to the loving rule of your king who knows better than you. And I think that there's a, a bigger conversation to be had there that we probably don't have time for in minute 31 of our 30-minute podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like sounds like an awesome start, man. It, like it – it, this feels like a conversation, the the kind of bigger um, how do we, where are these gaps coming from in what we're teaching our youth, particularly our church youth, Yeah, and what do we do about them? Because I think, you know, as you were speaking about, um, you know, your experience last week, I was thinking, I wonder how much youth leaders are saying, well, that's kind of the parents' responsibility. Mm. And how much parents are like, ugh, that can be the youth leader's responsibility. And how much the youth are like, when the when my parents say something to me, how much are they like, well, that's what my parents think, rather yeah. than that is what Jesus thinks. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, again, more questions than answers, but I'm keen to keep having that conversation. Maybe we just need a whole term of holiday specials, Tom, because <laughs> I feel like we are developing quite a list. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a Christmas holidays coming up, so there might be plenty of space for it. Great. Uh, so now that we're at the end of our podcast, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about your youth group. What did you do um, on Friday night? We had a combined youth groups event. Tom, I don't know if you've ever thought about bringing the youth from various churches together to have one combined event, but that's what Seems we like did. like a disaster to me. Yeah, well, um, that's what we did. We had um, four 
churches and three youth groups represented and we all hung out and um played dodgeball and um protect the president tom my new favorite game protect the president that i got from this very podcast i love it um and then i gave a talk that was basically recapping what um two of our youth groups had been doing all term um which was also kind of preempting the um overarching messages of the kids program that we're all running next week so hopefully that was helpful on a number of fronts i basically just um did a speed run through the bible um and so that was fun um and yeah it was a good night easy night um and it was nice to not be um the top person in charge to be one of the people in charge and because we weren't hosting i actually got out of there pretty soon after uh after 8 30 which was quite good on the last oh, day of term lovely. so yeah good night um great for our youth to be like oh there's more of us um <laughs> and yeah encouraging as a youth leader to get to hang out with some other youth leaders and my yeah, my experience mate. of combined nights is often that the youth don't connect that much with the other youth. Other youth leaders connect with other youth leaders and like, oh, hey, man, how are you going? Good to see each other. But it is useful for youth just to see there are other youth who love Jesus and then they might recognize people from school and be like, oh, hey, that's pretty good. But, yeah, yeah it's not like you're going to build lasting friendships when you're 13 with someone from another church probably at one of these events. But it's still just really good to be like, we're not alone in this. Mm. Well, and also the fact that like a big chunk of those youth are going to be hanging out together for a week next week, helping run the kids program. I think hopefully that'll do a bit like what Friday night did was a bit of like, oh yeah, I remember you. And well, I remember might, you from you the training build day. And then in a week on. Yeah. So anyway, um, that is that. Um, can I tell you a sad story? Um, <laughs> you can tell me a sad story. The uh, Uber driver who is theoretically um, <laughs> picking up my hash brown has been parked in the same place two blocks from the McDonald's for the last 20 minutes um, and is almost certainly not going to deliver my hash brown before we finish recording oh no or perhaps at all and so <laughs> um we will play again in two weeks time the prize <laughs> will not jackpot because i've given you the answer yeah um but if you would like to get a copy of tom's book and a copy of my book and a delightful uh delicately scented air freshener then stay tuned i will eagerly anticipate the next game of no groceries or no series and sorry Heidi, we didn't get to your question but it's a it's a good one um and i want to get to it soon all right Uh, but i think this is already on track to be our longest one ever so i think so great job um the time i think we should play the music yeah if we can if we can i've been having some trouble but i think we're going to get there today great Oh, there it is. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Chris and Tom's Youth Group Podcast. If you have any feedback, questions, suggestions, etc., you can email us at chrisandtomsyouthgrouppodcast at gmail.com. 
In the meantime, visit tomfriends.com.au to peruse the books that you might win by playing our game and also see what else he's up to. Um, Now it again.